the restaurant business is great if you take out all the people and and yeah. and all the customers. Yeah, well, you know, our <laughs> customers. We've had a couple of customers are paying, but you know, here I'm six year old, can be that grumpy old man. I just tell him to get the, uh, out of there, you know, and just yeah. did it. I had told one guy he was complaining about, hey, it takes. I've been waiting thirty minutes for my steak. Well, you ordered it well done. And it's a two inch steak. I go, it's pan seared. And he goes, well, if you don't have it out there, I go, tell you what, sir, down the street they have this little place called McDonald's. has a drive-up window. You tear your ass down there and go get something to eat. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm Derek Fox, and you're watching a bunch of losers. Shane the Train and Cowboy Newton are my guests today. Two MasterChef legends and Texas Cowboys. We talk about smoking meat, the restaurant business, Shane going to college, and so much more. Here's part one. Let's go, loser. <clears throat> What's up, Texas boys? What's going on? Living the dream, baby. Thank you for driving out. That was a drive, huh? Been about an hour. Hour what? Hour and fifteen? Yeah, it wasn't too bad. No. Really? Of course, I yeah, I, I I got a heavy foot. When I mapped your restaurant, Shane's like, you know, Gabe was in town. Uh, Shane was like. Come on, uh, like day of. I'm like, man. I looked at the. I looked. It was two hours. Yeah, probably. Well, he couldn't pull the trigger, but it was about. You think I'm gonna come out there and not like tie one on with you guys? I gotta be like, I got room in my ranch. There's plenty of room, man. Yeah, but I needed a plan for that because I need yeah. have work. I was actually moving that day. I was about to send you a picture of a bunch of boxes. I had to move <laughs> oh, apartments, so I had boxes filled and you know, the pain. You know, moving's a pain. Tell me about it. So you got so you got a restaurant. <clears throat> I do. We got a restaurant in Stephenville, Texas. Stephenville, Texas. Rodeo cowboy capital of the world. Ooh. Yeah, it's a cowboy capital, rodeo cowboy. Yeah. What, what's the restaurant called? Newton's Saddle Rack. Newton's Saddle Rack. A little apropos, you know, cowboy image. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Newton's Web. Audrey <laughs> Web of Love. When did you open this thing? We opened it. Uh, we first started doing pop ups. Um, August of, let me see, 2021. Oh, really? Yeah, we opened it right in the middle. I'm one of those smart son of guns. I opened up a um, restaurant during the middle of the pandemic. I don't wait till the beginning of it. <laughs> fire right off in the middle, man. <laughs> Did you get cheaper rent because of it? My rent's pretty reasonable. But, yeah. um, you know, it's just Stephenville didn't have a restaurant like this. And they had asked me, a group of young guys, kind of the Young Turks of Stephenville, these group of men, they're late thirties, early forties said, Hey, we want a restaurant. Want you? And they showed me one that was huge. I go, I don't want, I want something small and quaint. Yeah. And they showed me this building with seats 49 on one side and couldn't even get a liquor license there at, at the beginning because it's a private, it was, you know, liquor by the drink private club. So to get that process of having one is, is quite laborious. So we started out just BYOB and doing steaks and our, our food and, um, we did some pop-ups, and then November 1, almost two years now, we fired it off. Well, we wanted the, the my, my um, landlord, who's part of the group that wanted me to come in, owned the building next to it. I said, well, if that thing ever comes open, let's see if we can get it. Well, the guy shot us down, but he had a, the building on the other side, I mean, on the other side of me, and the lady bailed. So we literally, this is an old rock building. These built in 1888. What? They're, yeah, there's like 12 inch walls of limestone. We got a guy come saw cut a 12 inch opening into it. And, you know, 12, I mean, uh, a 48 inch opening. We opened our bar next door and got our liquor license. Well, we got our private license. 
So as soon as I got di- that, what's the difference? You got liquor license and private license. Private club license. So you have to be a private club. You have to have members. So if you come in, you have to swipe their numbers. Well, no sooner we got it last August in November, they passed a referendum to make it, you know, open. So now we're trying to get our regular liquor license, which has been a challenge. Does it cost a lot? Not bad. I mean, less than ten grand, but you know, just the labor to go through. My fact, we got to call that fellow. I've been trying since January to get this new one, and there's we we opened our bar up at a different address. Mm-hmm. So instead of switching over easy, I've had to. It's jumping through hoops. You yeah, know? it's a lot. It's that's the hard part about restaurants. It's just the regulations. That's one of the. That's got to be one of the most challenging parts, right? I think that in the employees. Yeah, I mean, you, you got Shane over here. Now that's the easy part. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's doing a great job. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, we're we're used to we're all used to working under pressure. Forty five minutes, get food out, like you know, like yeah, you know, yeah, start yeah. to finish. So we know how to work, you know. But getting people to show up, and I'm not sounding like this old grumpy old man, but man, no one wants to work, or if they do, they want to come in and work. Like last night, there was a fit in the restaurant because they wanted to leave because the rush was over. You know, they want to get out. They're like, no. Yeah. I get just beat my head against the wall, but I mean. I mean, they say that the the restaurant business is great if you take out all the people and and yeah. and all the customers. Yeah, well, you know, our customers. We've had a couple of customers are paying, but you know, here I'm six year old, can be that grumpy old man. I just tell him to get the, uh, out of there, you know, and just yeah. get it. I had told one guy he was complaining about, hey, it takes. I've been waiting thirty minutes for my steak. Well, you ordered it well done. And it's a two inch steak. I go, it's pan seared. And he goes, well, if you don't have it out there, I go, tell you what, sir, down the street they have this little place called McDonald's, has a drive up window, tear your ass down there and go get something to eat. Hell yeah. <laughs> so he goes, and everybody stared at me, too. I said, I don't care. We're in no hurry. So I went inside and I go, he wanted the steak well done. Here's an old cow who wants a well done steak. And I go, all right. So we pulled it off the grill and we had this little thing called the side oven, AKA microwave. I put it in there for two minutes, came out, split it up, put it in front. I go, there you go. We'll wait for the rest to get their food, though. You go ahead. So hit one of the members of his party was came back by the kitchen clothes. We have a bathroom. He said, he's a big boy. I mean, this corn-fed guy. He goes, can I talk to you? And I go, oh, here we go. Here going we go. To, I'm about to throw number two out. And uh, he goes, man, I can't thank you. That's my father-in-law, and he's a jackass. Because <laughs> that was bad. That was awesome. That's awesome. So I kept going by and just over. Hey, how's that steak? Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, great. I'm glad you're enjoying it. <laughs> Microwave uh, steak. Man, I had, back when back before I was cooking, I was waiting tables at uh, a California Pizza Kitchen in Florida. Oh, wow. And this one opened up, and it was the second busiest in the company next to Hawaii. Hawaii was, like, their busiest one. Oh, my gosh. And I had I got to go open the store because I had already trained in California, so I knew the menu. So, I, you know, I, I was, like, I was ready to make some money. And I was, man. I was making, like, at a California Pizza Kitchen, I was making two, 300 bucks in a, in a shift, you know, oh, yeah. cash. It was, like, it was insane. Anyway, there was one day, and I would always take the patio because everyone wanted to sit on the patio, and none of the servers wanted to work it because it was the furthest from the kitchen. So it was it was a hard it was a hard shift to work, but you'd make the most money. Anyway, I'll never forget this this couple, this two older people, you know, snowbirds, whatever. weren't They didn't said a word to each other the whole time. Dude was reading a book, and she was just like sitting there staring off in space, like contemplating, you know, her miserable life. And uh, his murder. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And she ordered she ordered a uh a Thai chicken salad. And she ordered a full size. We were crushed this day. We were getting slammed. So everything was taking a long time. And a half came out. And I don't know I don't remember if if I messed up and rang in a half or if, if the food runner grabbed a half. I think it was the food runner grabbed a half size, brought it out. 
She said, this is not the right size. And I was like, okay, would you, you want to, I was, I just took it back to the kitchen. I was like, like, guys, we need a, we need this to be a full, it's taking forever. And I'm waiting on all these tables out there and she's, I can see her. She's getting pissed. She's getting pissed. And husband hasn't said a thing. And then she stops me. She goes, is she goes, if this is going to take any longer, we're going to leave. And I go, lady, there's kids in this world that won't eat today. You can wait another five minutes. <laughs> and he, old man closed his book and sat it down and goes, I need to speak to your manager. I was like, get up and follow me. I'll take you right to him. <laughs> oh my gosh. Is that the guy with the fish? Yeah. Y'all I have, here's the deal. I think I'll jump through hoops. Yeah. And he'll jump through hoops. And uh, was it you or Tony? Who, no, Sean, uh, Sean from my season eight came in to cook and did a, a pop up, uh, did a pop up in the restaurant. Okay. So the next night he's just on the grill. He's cooking. He just wants, it. and of course, yeah. you know, he's from the Northwest and this guy were sea bass. And so we send it out to him. He goes, nope, it's not thick enough. It was the tail section of a sea bass. Uh. Beautiful piece. I mean, sends it back to the kitchen. I said, all right, get him a thick piece. Sean got one about, you know, a good inch and a half. Send out. But the way we set it, it goes in a bowl that's kind of deep, you know, and, and he sent me, he goes, nope, that's not going to work to the waiter. And I, they come get me. And I go out, I said, all right, let me go out there and sign, find out what's going on. Well, he has the waiter corn. He goes, yeah, well, that wasn't thick enough. I go, sir, it was that thick. Follow me to the damn kitchen. And he gets up, and I take him right through the middle of the kitchen, pull him in the kitchen, and I said, get that fish off that bowl. He then puts it on a plate, and I go, there you go, sir. He goes, oh, that'll work. And you're damn right fish. it was. Same fish. I go, same piece. I go, damn right. Man, some <laughs> people just need to be told. They need to be put in their place. You know, there's a great thing, and you should be doing more talking than I am. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get to them. <laughs> um, we have a French chef that uh, power went off. Uh, oh, there we go. Uh, and it says, and I saved the picture. It's actually pretty cool. And, um, and you know, we're in a business. We are customer service. We want to make everybody happy, but there's certain people you're just not going to make happy. Yeah, there's people yeah. that just come in that just aren't happy. You just, they're never happy. And that. they do it at every restaurant. Yeah. And so we're sitting there. And so Tony, a French chef of mine, sent me this picture. You got a French chef out in the middle of... Oh, yeah. Oh, he's, he's... <laughs> <laughs> he says, no, the customer isn't always right. Not even close. Yeah. I'm hanging that in the restaurant. That's funny. But uh, you have to do it. You have to, you know. So, Shane, how long have you been working? So, I've been there for probably three months now. Yeah. I So, I started going to Tarleton, and I'm staying with chef and working at the restaurant. So, college work. and What college are you going to? Tarleton State. Arlton, I don't even know what that it's is. It's in Stephenville. Yeah, part of the A and M, Texas A and M. Oh, yeah. I was just, I just saw the Texas A and M logo on the back of a truck, but the way that the way that they do the logo, it looks like ass to mouth. <laughs> I never thought about that. <laughs> I'm like, no, they didn't either. Because <laughs> new meaning farm to table. <laughs> no kidding, huh? Uh, so three months, and you loving it? I'm loving it. It's definitely uh, a lot different from where I'm from because I'm from Houston. Okay. And I went to a high school. There was a thousand kids in my class, you know. And so going from that to Stephenville where it was a big reality check and it's a lot different. The area I live in has grown up. I'm sure like where you're from, Dallas, you know, there's everything you could ever need in a two-mile radius. Yeah. And so going to Stephenville. Not that way out there. Uh Uh-uh. It's different. And I mean, I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's it's different for me, but I could definitely see myself. I couldn't see myself going back to Houston. Honestly, no. Really? I mean, my family lives there, so of course I'll go back. But yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't see myself living there in the but, future. But you're done with the big city. Yeah, I don't like it. Wow. Well, you know, it's kind of weird. Like, 
if you really want some quality food, I mean, you know, like to go to a grocery store, we got to go to Fort Worth. Yeah, Weatherford or Fort Worth. How, how far is that drive? It's about 35 minutes from yeah. the 35 45 minutes to, have been. To, I mean, you, you, there, a deer could just travel through the backyard. You could get that faster than going to the grocery store. Yeah. Well, we got cattle out there, too. It, yeah. You know, but, you know, if you want things. But it is kind of good to go into the city. But, you know, the more I go in, I think in your same way, we're like, oh, you know. Just the, so. just the traffic. People don't know how to drive. Dude, the people don't know how to drive no out here. No clue at all. It, it's and that's everywhere. wild. And I feel like I'm the only one honking my horn. My, my client told me, don't honk your horn. Everyone's got a gun. And I, But I'm from L, I, I'm from L.A. Like, I honk my horn. Like, I'm like, if you're doing something stupid, I'm going to, hey, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like the only horn out here. <laughs> it is. And people, I mean, I don't know. I mean. I kind of joke, but if you're over 60 years old here, you know, you don't have to use your side mirrors or rear view mirror. <laughs> they don't. No. You guys want some water? You want some water? I'm doing good over here right now. What do you want, sparkling or? You know what? I'm, I'm in a sparkling kind of mood. You feel yeah. like <laughs> you, you, look a little sparkly you sparkling, Shane? I feel like a rock star right now. Here. What do I do? Drink right out of this? No, they got, got you a cup over there. It says Just for a, yeah. fox sake on it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Water in a coffee cup, eh? So that uh, that sea bass on the on the menu that it's got to be hard to get sea bass out here, huh? Well, here's what's crazy. I used to drive in Fort Worth to get fresh fish. Okay, and I admit this. I'll tell this to everybody. So this guy purveyor, they're out. We got there at seven o'clock in the morning. They're already out. Shit. So this guy goes, "Come here, I want to show you this." And he's a guy. This is a restaurant depot. And he goes, "Come here and look." So he takes me out of the freezer and pulls out this sea bass. And I froze it. He goes, "No." They catch it. They fillet it. They process it on the boat and and cry back. Yeah, and I want to tell you, I have people go it's the freshest they ever have. And it really is because Texas, you know, we're so close to the ocean. You know, yeah, but it's a Gulf. You're not yeah. getting, you're and not you know, and this Chilean coming out Chileans, yeah. yeah. So you know, by the time they get it here, get it shipped, they put yeah. it to one purveyor, get it shipped into Dallas, get it to that purveyor. It's not fresh. Yeah, and this stuff is fresh and some, and you know. Listens. I'm not. Ag- I'm not against it if it's done like that. And certain fish. I mean, Chilean's so fatty. Like, it's gonna be good either way. Yeah. It, you it know? wants its own. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about. Uh, <laughs> hold on. In fact, I gotta. I gotta bring this quote up. This is a. You realize what you two got in common? From Texas, we're handsome devils. Uh, the women dig us. Ex- lady killers. <laughs> lady That's where killers. I was going with that. Yeah, I mean, lady killers. Uh, I gotta. I gotta bring this quote. Some good lady DNA. <laughs> You said, Newton, you said, I'm like an old locomotive. I'm a little slow to get started, but it's going to be hard as hell to stop me. <laughs> what is a, it with you guys in trains? You're a locomotive? Shane the train? Yeah. We, <laughs> and we call them the locomotive now. Yeah, Do you? Yeah. You upgraded? I upgraded. I tell you what. <laughs> Why? How'd you upgrade? I don't know. I you, think, I mean... You we laugh a lot. We laugh know. a lot. You know, and, and, and how you, can you not with this guy in your kitchen? I yeah, mean, I know. And if the you, head chef there, I mean, she loves me, but she definitely gets annoyed because I'm the type of person where <laughs> she does. Other people in the kitchen necessarily like I can talk and do and, stuff. And do you know? Stuff, yeah. I mean, on Master Chef, we had cameras in our face talking while we have 45 minutes to make this exquisite dish. You know? Yeah. So we we had to do that. <laughs> Well, and you just don't. Once you get going, you don't stop. No, I, I, I don't. <laughs> That's how you got it. Our one-liners, though. We, we, oh, yeah. We, we get on a roll, I tell you what. Uh, it's, oh, it's, my goodness. It's just in people. To, and Whitley's, Whitley is our, our executive chef. She's, she's awesome. Her, her you name's know, Willie? And just with what Whitley. I've got in my, Whitley. Whitley, yeah. Whitley Bettis. And she's awesome. She name. went to Culinary Institute. And she's 25 now? Six. Okay. Seven. I don't know. Running your kitchen, huh? That's and awesome. she does. And she's, she's, she's a hard worker. She's. A junior national drag, former drag. She's 
Drag race. Beautiful. Yeah, drag race. And her her brother, her whole family is. And it's a small world. Um, with my health now, I've learned how to be a restaurateur and not much of a chef. You yeah. Know, trying to keep your pulse on it. But she runs a kitchen. She's a little she's a little dry. And then you have us two characters. Oh yeah. And I just I probably irritate her to another level, but I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, because I don't stop talking once I get on a roll. I know, man. She came out gay. We had Gabe up, and we had Sean up cooking. And yeah, I want to come out. And I and these person, yeah, we want to. We did these personalities. We're bouncing around, and oh my god! And she I came seen, out of the kitchen. Oh goes, yeah, she was fed shut up. up. Me. <laughs> I I you like, think I can tell him to shut up? I can't get a word in edgewise. <laughs> and I think even Gabe was getting a little irritated that day. But yeah, I, I love. I, mean, I love a quiet kitchen, man. Like I. I don't even turn on music. Like, I just, I like to hear the food. I really do. People always ask me, well, what kind of music? Because, like, you know, the rock and roll vibes. Like, what kind of music you listen to or you cook? I'm like, nothing. Yeah. We had Chef Tony Bar, and Tony and I were on Supermarket Steakout together. Oh, you did that? I did. I almost did it. And Second I tur- place. I turned it down because they, they wanted me to be in this long-ass contract. I was like, guys, for one episode? I was like, I'm not doing six. I'm not, I was like, one, I'm not doing a one-year contract. You guys are crazy. They're like, okay, how about six months? I was like, how about zero? And they're like, how about three months? I was like, if you can come down from a year, you can come down to six months, you can come down to three months, you can do zero. zero. I don't want to be in a contract with you guys. I'll be on the show, and that's it. Yeah. I don't even remember if I did. I don't don't ever care. You know, contracts are meant to be broken. Yeah. (laughs) Well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, That's that's what I've been doing. Mess Chef is super. Let's go back to our county. See if he screwed up somewhere along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but okay, I think- well, I want to I want to ask you before because you know you are a guy that you've I mean you you have a life you have you have everything going you got a ranch you're out in the middle of Texas you got you have a wife right how many kids you got seven seven kids eight eight I'm sorry my, eight. <laughs> <laughs> my, eight. <laughs> my foster child my yeah, second my second child. Well, my second dad where what in your life drove you to just audition for MasterChef? You know that was that's a great question. What had happened was I moved out when I was young. You My did. family had a big farm out in the Metroplex. Okay, and so I moved How out at a very young, sixteen years old, and I was okay. living on my own. And so I started cooking. And then I had two. Yeah, but in nineteen thirty, that was like normal, right? It was. <laughs> I drove my I drove my horse half um, uphill through the snow to uh, <laughs> back home uphill through the snow. Um, you know, but I mean that Abe Lincoln, what a professor. <laughs> So, uh, um, God damn it, I almost spit water everywhere. <laughs> I started cracking up and just being that type of guy that I don't cook, but I was blessed. My mom wasn't a super nice person, and um, mm. and my dad's a fifth, I'm fourth generation Texan, I'm fifth generation. And my um, I had two aunts, one on my father's side, who she lives in Houston, she's still alive, she's 90 years old, and she's a great southern cook. Okay, and on my mother's side, my uncle had married a, a, a French prima ballerina from Nice, France. Um, nice France if you're from Texas. Um, <laughs> and she was an incredible. And so I had these two great aunts, but the juxtaposition between these two, there was always good Su- food. Like yeah. Southern and S- fine dining. Yeah. And you know, Cassoulet when Man, I'm, I'm five. jealous. She made crepes suzettes when I was like five years old and I was hooked. That know? was it. That was your Just moment. Some skinny pancakes. But you know. <laughs> Um, That's what she- <laughs> yeah. But you know, I had this. And so I just had always did. So I moved on. And like after high school, I went to semester one college. I mean, college once a semester, I looked at my dad and I go like, you know, man, don't waste my time and save your money. Yeah. And I did. I wanted to go live. I wanted to go make money. I wanted to go see the world where, you know, I had a brother that, st- he, my brother still lives five miles from where we grew up. And my other brother 
was a dancer and choreographer, and he traveled. And so I wanted to go see things. I didn't get married the first time until I was 37. So I was always a bachelor cooking. I got, I went to work on a ranch, uh, ran a ranch up in Paris, Texas, and came back about 22 years old. And then I got in the restaurant business by accident. You okay. Know, uh, and started washing dishes, and then I got cooking and yeah. waiting tables mainly and bartending. I did that until... 37, I got married my first time. And I loved the restaurant business. My dad used to always tease me. He goes, well, when are you going to get a real job? I'm like, dude. I, and then the, I left the restaurant business. The restaurant is a realist job. Well, you know, they think, you know, you got to go. My, my dad's that old school guy that, you know, worked for a company, get your gold watch yeah. and retire. And I said, Dad, I work whenever I want. I can take a vacation whenever I want as long as I cover my shift. I go home with cash at the end of the night. Yeah. And I have no homework. I have no work I take home with me. Yeah. I'm only as good as my last shift. So as I do a good job, and I did it. And, he, and I go like, man, I, I I was a cyclist, a runner, you know, football, rodeo, rugby, you know. And I always was doing something. So what a great schedule to go yeah. do that on. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, if you need to make a couple hundred bucks back then, you go pick up a shift, you know. And, and lots of times you get off work early on, you still could go to clubs without blowing all the money or doing your thing and, you know, go and do the things you want. So – I think he finally saw it one time. He goes like, you know what? I have all my kids. You've never asked to borrow money from me. Like, you know, and he goes like, well, maybe it's not so bad. And then I got married. And by that time I was living in Phoenix. And so um, I became an instant dad. But, you know, I, I started a little construction company when Phoenix was taken off. And then oh. it grew. Got a trucking, demolition, excavation. And then, but always cooked, always barbecued. And people were like, yeah, you do it. So to get to your story... I moved back home here, went through a divorce, moved back home, married uh, high school, I mean, a, a girl I grew up with since first grade. And we had a friend that said, you need to go try out for this show. So I tried out, it was food, it was on NBC, food with um, Adam Rich, food, it only lasted one season. But the casting director remembered me mm. for MasterChef. She was doing that, so she said, hey, you get to try it out. Well, in the interim of doing that show, I had a stroke. And oh, so shit. I was in hospital in January. So I get this call from her, and she goes, "Hey, um, yeah, Kelly um, Mock, um, Kelly um, Casey, uh, Kelly Mock." And she got, <clears throat> and also she goes, "Hey, it's Kelly Mock. I'm here, Food Fighters." And but I'm with Matt Sheffield, like try. I said, "Well, that's okay." But I'm in hospital, I was struggling. She goes, "That's okay. Uh, <laughs> it's in April <laughs> trials." So. In the interim, my wife and I had gotten this ranch, and I was out there. It was a rainy Saturday. I had to go try out. And I was out there, you know, just my boots changed, my regular repertoire, cowboy hat and everything. And my wife goes, are you going to go? And after you have a stroke, you become a little petulant. Yeah. And I don't know. My wife, and my wife's a good Southern Baptist. Girl. She goes, I don't give a damn if you don't go, but never bitch about it. I went, uh-oh. If you know my wife, my wife's 5'1". And I go, all right, all right, honey. So I don't have anything to use. You got a pork chop in there. So then, you know, you have to put your thing. So I yeah. tenderized a pork chop. I chicken fried it. I did it with jalapeno cream gravy. I made green chili chicken enchiladas, and I made guacamole, chipotle guacamole. Put a cold and hot bag. Left the ranch an hour and a half in here to the Marriott downtown Dallas. Yeah. And when I did Food Fighters, just one other person in the interview, with, I went, there's like 5,000 people yeah, that week. I look around, I go, like, yeah. oh, hell. And she walked right by and saw me. And my wife goes, are you going to change clothes? I go, nope. I'm going like, I had a hoodie on, a black, I had mud head toe. It was a raining ass day. I get out of my truck, go in there. And I go into this room, there's 50 of us. And I mean, people are dressed to the nines. The girl next to me was wearing the Christian Louboutin shoes. Yeah. And you saw all kinds of food. And then I come in and pull this food out and people looking at the shit. I'm the first guy they tried in that room. Mm. And the guy goes, what is this? That's ah, chicken fried pork chop. You know, I brined it, but I, I brined it and I tenderized it. And I did it with jalapeno cream gravy and blah, blah, blah. Uh, 
Because I want to tell you, we ate the rustic last night. They had had this shit. I would have eaten. He called the other chef over. And they go, and the guy's from France. You tell you, French yeah. come over. He goes, Texas. I go, where are you from? He goes, Paris. I go, Texas. And he goes, France. You know. And so <laughs> he goes, man, it was good. And pretty much then, you know, you go into the interview process, and then you know you. Didn't, but right, but what like did were you watching Master Chef before? Did he? You, no. n- n- okay, <laughs> he didn't say me. Okay, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't watch it, and then all of a sudden I did watch it. I'm like, damn, this is gonna be fun if I get on. Right, but so you just because, but okay, a friend, a friend told a me, friend to just told you to do it. She signed me up for it. She signed me up for that first show, and then I got out of that, got the interview, and then I did wow. it, and I go like, you know what? Think about this. I've always said this. Uh, when the best times of our lives, no matter how wealthy or poor you are, probably the greatest memories are around the dinner table. Yeah. Amen to that. And, you know, in food. And I've always loved to cook. And, you know, and like I said, my mom was a, my mom was a Midwestern, British, you know, and, and so it wasn't a huggy-type family. Right. But so my way of giving back love was through feeding you through your belly, cooking. Yeah. And my aunts and uncles, my grandmother was a badass cook. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, you, food was love to me. You know, my dad and I would go, we'd all go deer hunting down at the ranch in South Texas. And our, you know, we'd go hunt all day, you know, and then we'd look like, well, oh, we'd have chicken fried steak. But my dad, like we do in our restaurant, we made our chicken fried steak out of steak. Yeah. Not round steak, not, sometimes we did it out of sirloin, but we did it that way. And people go, how do you take a perfectly good steak? And I go, well, easy. Knife and fork is how I eat it. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my thing. So I, I really, so I got on the show and I go like, you know, when I got there, I was really arrogant and cocky. Yeah, that's what the internet said too. <laughs> I was in, because I thought, you know what, man, I'm just going to be me. I'm going to throw food out there that people like. And then they go like, all right, you got to do this. Oh, and holy shnikes, I got to do this. But I left MasterChef more open-minded about food. Not that I didn't like, I loved, I love food. But the ability of going doing things instead of taking a path of least resistant, doing things I've never done. Yeah, we just did get, individual beef Wellingtons, for example, in the yeah, restaurant. Getting out of your comfort zone. Yeah, when you get out of your comfort zone, you learn about yourself yeah. for sure. I Amen. I try to put myself there constantly. I mean, you know, it, it's one of those things. You just you you'll really it humbles you. It, it gives you new perspective. Perspective is like when you start playing with different perspective perspectives, it changes everything. Okay, so I want to... But him, though, for him, this is what I, I want to say, though, but he's doing a show. How old were you when you were on the 10? I was 12. 12. When you did MasterChef the first 12 time? 12 years old, watching these kids cook, and right. you know, I'm in my 50s. You know, I'm old enough to be his grandfather. And, well, yeah. You have to be pumping him out, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but, young. you know, he was... But to watch his kids go have that passion yeah. and to do that. Yeah. Impressive. Well, so that's what I wanted to ask you. So, because I've interviewed a lot of people and definitely with different shows too there's usually when people try out for these shows it's a lot of the times it's an act of desperation i mean that's what it was for me i was at a i was at a low point i had nothing else i was like i need to like win some money or something because i need to change my life like my life was not going good but for you like you've had a life right and you show up when you show up and then for you you're just getting started you're 12 years old you got nothing to worry about you got two parents that take care of you like were you a fan of MasterChef? So I have an interesting story how I ended up on MasterChef Junior too. Let's hear it. <clears throat> so my brother, I have an older brother. We're a year and six days apart. And so going into middle school, I was like in sixth grade when I was on MasterChef, right? And so going in from middle school, we got middle school sports, you know? Yeah. And so my brother being a year older than me, we both tried out for the basketball team. Mm-hmm. And of course, I may not look like a good basketball player, but trust me, back then, I, 
I could you throw can down ball? on the court, you know. Like I was, I I hard hurt. in the paint. Oh, I tell you what, I was a sharpshooter. Okay, but uh, not anymore. Don't worry about that. <laughs> um, but so my brother ended up making the team, and I didn't. And so of course I was pretty bummed out. And of course that first Saturday they had the first game, and then so my mom, I was pretty bummed out. And this is how God works in my life. It's pretty pretty crazy. And so I had that game that first Saturday. And my mom was like, instead of going to the game, why don't we go to the MasterChef Junior Open Call? And so I ended up going to the Open Call. So and your mom knows you like cooking? You, oh, I've always been... loved to cook. I've always had a passion for it. I'm the type of person where whatever we're doing, I like to be the center of attention. And you Clearly. Know, you know, on Sunday <laughs> afternoons, where's everyone at? Watching football in the kitchen, you know? And so my yeah. mom just wouldn't let me stand there. And so she put me to work at ah, a young okay. age, and I found out I really enjoyed it. She was trying to shut him up, and she, she it doesn't work. Yeah, <laughs> he can just talk and cook. My mom says she likes me better on TV because she can mute me. So. Ah! <laughs> but, I don't know how I feel about that one. <laughs> it's the okay. truth. So your mom takes you to the MasterChef Junior. Trial. I go with one of my friends at the time, and we go to the open call. I mean, not expecting anything at what all. What did just, you make? So it was a little different on the juniors. Okay. So we didn't necessarily bring any food the first time. We went there, and we had to cook an egg anyway and cut up some vegetables, right? Okay. And so people, they, you... they set pans in front of you, all this. There's about 30 kids in this room, and everyone's scrambling an egg. And so you know what? I mean, at the time, I've never really poached an egg, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to poach it. <laughs> and then the, I love the, it. The, I'm like, hey, can I get a pot? And the, the guy looks at me like I'm crazy, you know? I'm like, he goes, why do you need a pot? You have a pan right there. I said, well, I'm going to poach the egg. And then he goes, you're going to what? I said, I'm going to poach it. And he goes, okay, I'll get, I'll get you a pot. And so he brings nice. me the pot, and I push the egg, and it, it turned out perfect. And they're all looking at me like I'm crazy, you know. This kid next to me just cracked an egg in a pan, had some eggshells in there, and I'm like. But so long story short, we ended up doing that. and He won that season, though, that kid did. Yeah, I know, that joke, kid that's he a went joke, all the I'm way. Joking. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I was like, what? But so long story short, they said if you get a call back, which most of you won't, It'll be around two to three weeks, and I got a call back on the ride home. Yeah. And then so over a six-month process, you know, with background checks yep. and all that, yep. I ended up flying out to L.A. and history from there. Yeah. So tell me about when you got the call for Back to Win. What were you doing? I was actually at Whataburger. <laughs> and then I get this encrypted I get this encrypted email, and I'm like, what's going on here? Who hacked my bank account? And then so I had to sign something before they'd even tell me what they're talking about. Really? Yeah. No, I had to sign something. That's not what something. it went for me, but okay. So I signed something, and... They're like, this kid talks a lot. We got to make him sign. Well, yeah, I'm sitting, <laughs> out, I'm sitting out Whataburger, and I sign it, and then within two minutes, I get a phone call. Mm -hmm. and they're like, hey, what are you doing? Can you talk? It's just so-and-so from MasterChef. So I was thinking, I've been back to MasterChef probably about three times since my show, because I did a celebrity edition with Eric Stone Street. Really? I was a judge for Anthony Anderson and Gordon versus Christina Tosi and another lady. And it was me, a girl from my season, and Sean O'Neill were the judges. And you and you are not a winner. Nuh-uh. That's wild. And but then, his personality is so big. Yeah. You know Eric Stone Street, huh? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, yeah, we, we messed up on that. But we <laughs> cooked against, um, couldn't even tell you his name, and some other girl from MasterChef. And there I got to meet Emmett Smith and Jerry Rice, and I filmed the commercial with them. And uh, so, you know, the stairs, right? Like the stairs behind yeah. MasterChef that you yeah. walk up. I'm sitting over there and they're like, Shane, they pull me from the, the green room and stuff. They're like, hey, we want, you, we want you to be in the commercial. And so it's like a Thanksgiving thing. And so I was like, all right, I'll do it. I mean, I missed a football game for this. You know, it was football season. I was in high school. So I was like, all right, I'll do it. So I go over to the area to do the commercial and they have these two 20-pound turkeys. And they're like, hey, we need you to carry these upstairs. 
And so up the stairs, it was Emmett Smith, Jerry Rice, and Gordon all sitting in a circle talking. Mother. And then so I'm, I'm carrying these turkeys up the stairs. And I'm supposed to, I walk in there and I'm like, did anyone order any turkeys? Something <laughs> like that. I don't know. Some saying like that. And no joke, it took 12 cuts. You had to do that 12 times? Yeah, and I'm carrying these two 20-pound turkeys going up the stairs. Damn. But so I got to do a lot of cool stuff with MasterChef. So in that commercial, did you get residuals from it? What's that mean? God dang. Did you pay for residuals or were they giving no, you No, no, no. That's messed up. This is the part that I don't like about reality TV is it takes our stories to give a show. Right? Yeah, you they can't focus, do it without us, you know? They focus on our stories so much, and we get a per diem. And this time, we got half the per diem. Wasn't we got it $100? Time. Yeah. Yeah, for me too. Yeah. They they screwed us this time. and But, like, all reality competition, you should get the SAG day rate at the very least. Like, we're getting— the hours we went through? The amount of money these producers and these these hosts are making. Especially back to when. When we went back there and they kept us those rooms for days on end. Oh, yeah. I was I mean, I the, don't, the sad part was I'd open my window in my room, and I was on the backside of the hotel. So I got the smoke from the kitchen. Every morning it was bacon, and people—it was two bacons. The bacon they were cooking in the kitchen, and people were baking on the uh, patios outside. Right. It smelled like, I smelled nothing but pot and turkey. I mean, uh, tur- uh, sausage and bacon for Well, lucky you. I don't know what. I, I don't know. I don't remember what my room— uh, yeah, but I mean, like, it, what they make so much money off of us. Yeah, they and it's do. our stories. We should, we should be getting. I don't know. I don't know what to do about it. I feel like something needs. But to be other done, shows but, pay though. I think it's just Master Chef. No, no, no. Depending, like, like depends on the show. Like, I think, I think Bachelor, those kind of shows pay. I don't know. I got to get a Bachelor on here and figure it out. But like, like, uh, what's this? Summer Steakhouse. Yeah, what they pay you. Uh, we've got, we did pretty good. Like I, sh- well, I got second place. I didn't get anything. Well, no, but, I mean, I mean they're paying you. I think there. they're paying. I think I walked away with like 500 bucks for three days. And that's, that's, but still. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it was, and, it was and that show, it's not like they're paying hosts like Gordon Ramsay. That, no. that show is no, a low budget show. I had Garrett Shelley, Eddie Jackson. Yeah. Have no. you looked up to see how much Gordon makes per episode of MasterChef? Two seven. It's like two seventy five. Yeah. Yeah, That's more than what you win, he's making a day. <laughs> Every time he episode. stands out on that fucking stage, he's making in more than day, what you, you win. get a couple of mission stars and they pay overpay you. <laughs> one day. He's got a lot. But he's got, I mean, he's got look, 11 of them. Look, I think he deserves it. I, I'm not saying he, he does it. I'm not envious of, of that at all. I think he absolutely. It's just crazy, Because he fucking works so hard. But what I'm saying is none of that works without our stories. Because they don't. How much of the fucking cooking do they show? Hardly nothing. So why not? Well, this last one, you the Rotor Rooter man got more TV time than I did. Who's Rotor Rooter? The Rotor Rooter commercial. It was lasted longer than mine. You saw they oh, killed yeah. us all. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. And I even, I even said when we went to the rodeo, I said I was like, man, Newton would have loved this one. I would have. Did you watch the season? Yeah, yeah. I got like my wife goes, you should have been in that one. I know you should. And see, he came to Steamville, but I crushed that one. You did. You did. Oh, oh, I saw, I saw that right. one. That one was a little interesting. The the cowboy wait you weren't there no I no 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 I got eliminated right before that oh you did yeah you weren't at the at the rodeo Ethiopia yeah I know you know what I have to how say how do you, to you give somebody Hold Ethiopian on. food you want to know something though what? I want to say this to you and I I truly I truly mean this you gave Ethiopia more like respect than Shanika did with Italian yeah you I mean, should not have gone home on that that was BS. You, I don't know. You, I mean, I'll be the first to tell you when I like when I got eliminated on the juniors, it was a shock because Gordon literally had me turn around when he cut into my pork chop. 
because I didn't cut into him, you know. You know how he is, dramatic. Yeah. He had me turn around. It was cooked perfectly, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it needed a little more salt. And I'm I'm okay with that, you know, a little more sure. salt. And the other girl who made it to the finale, her lamb was a little overcooked. So when you think about it, what's what's more important, you know? Right. And that's what it came down to. And when I got sent home, I was astonished when on the juniors. But this time around, I'll be the first to tell you, I screwed up, you know? Like, I'm not going to sit there and hide from it and say... Yeah, but you did a... But you, <clears> first of all, you had... We have to take into account. You had the hardest yeah. cuisine to do because none of us... Of are sitting around eating Ethiopian food and studying that. There's only two in Houston, two Ethiopian restaurants right. in all Houston. And there's like there's there's quite a few in L.A., but like I mean, still it's like that's not what we're seeking out to go eat. We're not gonna go sit down at an Ethiopian restaurant. And in a, like for us in the U.S., when we're raised, like, we we don't we think of Ethiopia as this like third world country. For we sure. don't know any. We're not taught about <clears> it, so <throat> we have no idea. So you're not thinking of what to do with Ethiopian. But the but what you did do was, I think you you did a better job with that fusion than Shanika did with Italian. She yeah. put s- uh, salmon on top of polenta, like th- how is that Italian? I have no clue. That I, pissed I, me off a lot. And the thing about that, when I pulled that flag, actually, it's funny. I think you remember me saying it. Gordon goes, Shane, what flag do you have? I said, to be honest, Chef, I don't even know. Like the first twenty <laughs> minutes, I hold, held that flag. I didn't know what I had. I was, yeah. I was compensating. Like, what could this be? Yeah, but that was rough, man. It was eventful. It was a fun hour. I tell you what, it was a fun hour. Yeah, I wish you guys could have been at that rodeo because I <clears throat> crushed it. I would have loved to been there. Yo, so yeah, because they came in on horses. Well, we had these gi- those giant grills, and they had big old yeah. wheels. You to had lift. one at the restaurant. Yeah. Okay. You see, I. Lo- I have a thing about Gordon is I I watch him and I listen to him and sometimes you have to really listen close you do the opposite of what he says like he'll say something and it's to get you to go away that you don't want to go or you got to you got to read between the lines with him but also so we do he comes over he goes this is what you need to do with these steaks and I'm like cool he's telling us this is how it needs to go and I followed that to a T I cooked every one of those steaks and I had uh, Michael basting every one of those steaks, and I, I cooked every one of them too. What y'all baste them with? Uh, we made this like Chipotle honey barbecue. Yeah, I think I made that last night at the restaurant. Why a Chipotle why honey barbecue out? sauce? That's your thing. Well, you know, I got sent home on that. On this one, back to the thing. He Gordon goes to me. He goes, so uh, you did a steak. It's you know Brian O'Brien did his, and Brian started it too early. Was, He's annoying. I can't. Wait oh, to have he was. Him on he here. was trying to talk about Scoffy, and Joe lit him up like a firecracker. <laughs> I was like, oh, thanks for taking the cannon fodder for me. So I did the same steak, and I based just a little bit of a honey chipotle. Uh, I did sweet. I did sweet and tangy barbecue, just a glaze on it. And then he got after me about it. He goes, why would you take a beautiful steak like this and put a barbecue sauce when Bowen took fillet. That was already. Was yours made. a fillet though too? I had the fillet. Yeah, I mean we were we were doing we had ribeyes, so it was. I think it was. I mean it's a different cut of meat. I don't know. I'm not defending it, but I know it. But that's and then the thing he does fillet inside a a dumpling. Yeah, pre ground fillet. Pre ground fillet and did it in a dumpling. They go like I go like, well, I could have done that hell. And then Felix grounded her own and did all that. Made her own dough. Did all that. I was a little shocked when I saw that. I thought Felix. Yeah, for I was. Sure. I was. For sure, thought Felix was. No, in. me too. I was bummed. Well, Stephen crushed it in ours. That was also Brie and the uh, rabbit and donut, donut and rabbit. Brilliant. Yeah, he's was. a brilliant dude, man. I, I liked him a lot. I was really bummed he went so early because he was. 
you know, he did. I mean, I think he was going to do some shit, man. Oh, he's easy. Steven was funny and he kind of scared me a little bit. We were on the bus. He is scary. We were on the bus and I don't know if you were on there, but all of a sudden, you know, he wore those headphones, right? I don't mm-hmm. know if they were headphones. I think they were just noise. No, they're, they're headphones, they but were? he never turns them on. Oh, okay. So uh, he wore these headphones and all of a sudden uh, the radio turned on and it was static. And he kind of like went like this and like looked around and I was like, oh gosh. And then he just started screaming. He's like, turn that radio off now because it's like the static noise, yeah. you know? And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, he's he's intense. He offered me to what? come out there and work for him, though, too. Yeah, he's a he's an amazing guy. He, he is. He I is. liked him a lot. Yeah. He got Bowen all twerked out in ours. Yeah. Bowen was, like, scared. I said, let's see if you're scared to get on that side of me. He ain't going to do it. He's a nice guy. He's just having fun. Yeah, he, he <laughs> loves fucking with people. Yeah. <laughs> he, he did. Bowen was, like, coming out of his skin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was you, cracking up. You should have, you should have Steven come out. I'd love to have Steven out. Me and Steven hit off, and people go like, doesn't he? I, you know what? Steven was a kid in high school, or you had in high school, that sat at the back of the room, kind of kept himself. But, you know, when you had him in PE or something, you went to go play dodgeball, you wanted him on team because he's going to ding everybody in the head. Yeah. <laughs> he was going to wear you out. Yeah, he'll <laughs> wear you out. sniper. Yeah. yeah he, I mean, he looks at the world differently. It's really, yeah. really cool. I, I really admire his just perspective and, and world outlook. How's he doing now? I haven't talked to him. How is he's he? crushing yeah. it. He's he's just Did he get that food truck up and rolling? He's got a some some kind of catering truck. Yeah, it, I, I he, remember talking to him about that. He showed me it. He doesn't like I don't know how much he serves out of it, but he definitely caters with it. But yeah. Anyway, he does a lot of the private parties. Yeah, he does a lot of private parties. I mean, that's Palm Springs. It's full. Yeah. Of, I mean, I get called in LA to go cook out in Palm Springs and Where it's it's private stuff. Um, so when you have the, when you have chefs come into your restaurant, how, like what do you do? How do you how do you, you do create it? the menu? We just put it out there and we have fun. The chef creates the menu yeah. and you just do it. He's going. He was going to try to do one with Gay, but we just got down to timeline. But every month we're trying to bring people in. We got Kate coming in November. Love to have you come out and do one. I think. Well, I'm only out. here till just before Thanksgiving, and then I won't be back till the New Year. It'll so, be better after the New Year. Holiday season's crazy for us. Yeah. Love to have you out. I think that'd be a blast. And, and basically, we, we try to do it like on a Tuesday night or, thir- and, or a Thursday night, like shut down the restaurant and, you know, maybe leave the bar open and then have it where it's a sit down. You create the menu. You go. My For me, s- it's going to have to be on a weekend. That's fine. We can do it on a weekend. You cool with that? Yeah, I'm fine. We can make it a big Saturday night. Oh, yeah. We could do it. That'd yeah. be fun. Especially in January, February. Do it, You know, January, do it then because it's always, you know, and here's the deal. In Stephenville, no pun intended, we're starving for different types of food. Yeah. And that's been kind of my nemesis or my Achilles heel there is because I think of great dishes. Like I did Osabuco. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, and then people, your clientele is yeah, different. Yeah, and they're just like, oh. But now we're start, they're starting to see a lot of that different stuff. You know, we kind of joke, we did King Ranch casserole for the bar, just the bar. What is King Ranch casserole? Yeah, it's basically um, Texas lasagna. You break it down. I love King Ranch chicken. I mean... Growing up, my mom would always make it too. You can do it a couple of different ways. I mean, tell usually, me how you do it. So what I like to do is you get Doritos, but he does it a little different. He did corn tortillas, but okay. I'd get Doritos and you lay them on the bottom okay. of your of your casserole dish, and then you uh, take some cream of chicken, canned cream of chicken, cream of mushroom, and you can get a rotisserie chicken or whatever, and you shred it and you mix that with the uh, the chicken, and you add all your spices, onions, peppers, all that. Cook it down. You cook it, wait, you cook it down and then you put it over the Doritos? And then you put it over the Doritos and then you add cheese and then you add more Doritos and then you add more sauce and more cheese. <laughs> I tell you what, that's grown up in Texas for you. Woo! Look at us, man. These bodies are built by King Ranch Cafe. 
Now, mine is tortillas, and it's kind of okay. like a Texas lasagna. You know, you yeah. layer it like that, and then you bake it. And so, Damn. And, and there's, like Good. I said, it's, it's a variation, you know, of what we do. But it's kind of a, you know, a cream of chicken soup, you know, or, and then you add rotel, you know, and that type. But I did a hatch green chili, and then we do our own fresh peppers. And that. So, you know, it's, it's like doing a lasagna. How many different ways do you do a lasagna with a bechamel, or do you do it with ricotta? You know, it's the same kind mm. of thing. But it's kind of a comfort food. Yeah. And so you kind of have that, but then you bring certain things like, you know, bring polenta in, you know, and people are like, oh, what's this stuff? Is it grits? Like, you know, we have to kind of ease ourselves. Not saying it's not a sophisticated town, but you have the balance of ranchers and cowboys. And Mm -hmm. you have business. And the school he's going to now is a Division I school. And the president of the university, Dr. Hurley, comes in and he's got, you know, a nice palate and you know, bringing nice wines. We're we're blessed. We have a bar, a restaurant, or a bar next to us called Hearsay, and and it's basically a wine bar. And Lisa and Brady have you know brought some nice wines. So you know we've got people that are coming in ordering Tignanello in ours and op- Opus or Camus wow. or you know we just got Silver Oak, Silver Joke, and you know <laughs> and so you know trying to bring them in and you know and getting people to drink different wines too. A Chianti. Well, what's a Tignanello? You know, it's a, it's a super Tuscan. You know, and going through those wines. And so we kind of bring that element to it, but we've also kind of stigmatized ourselves. People think of us as a steak place, mm. and we're trying to be both. You know, two doors down, we have another restaurant, it's country food, and you know, his chicken fried steak is made with round steak. Mine's made with New York strip. You know, and so we're trying to create a balance there. Two chicken fried steaks on the same street. Oh yeah, shit! I'll whip his ass with mine any day of the weekend. Let's go. On Sunday. Let's go. People do. People come in. I mean, I don't know how many. Times. This there, is the best that's what he's famous steak. for. The yeah. chicken, fried steak. chicken fried steak. I mean, it's steak. You know, I pan seared. I you know, I, I won on Master Chef doing a pan seared steak. We don't have a grill. We we do all ours pan seared and cast yeah. iron. You have no grill in the place at all. No, we got one out back. Yeah, I'm San Maria, San Maria grill. Yeah, but we do. Oh, that's smoke. what. I, sorry, go ahead. No, we just have, we have smoked foods. We we do a we we do a three inch porterhouse that we smoke outside first and we sous vide it. And, and cut it sear. table side. Do you have do you have regulations with sous vide out here? Nope. Yeah, they don't know. We can use dirty fish water if we wanted to. LA has so many regul like you have to you have to have a whole like HACCP plan for sous vide. Like you have to mark down the times that thing goes in, comes out, the degree of the water. And who checks that? Every it's a fucking health department, and they'll just every time. We used to do that. They'll just pop in. They'll, you never know when they're coming. And so when when they do pop in and do that, do you have to have those records for how long in advance? Whatever they ask for, basically. God. It's crazy. You know, and, and Whitley's really, this is the beauty of having this girl, uh, this girl, I mean, Whitley, this lady, and she comes in and, she, you know, she was doing all that. Um, we, we sous vide so little. I mean, we sous vide and then we put it in, and like, for example, we're doing a butter poached salmon. Mm-hmm. We sous vide, we don't, we put it in the refrigerator and then we paint, you know, Versera. Bring it up. Yeah. And, and we change water out. Like I mentioned that. You know, we I mean, when water. It's, yeah, the water doesn't matter because, yeah, it's vacuum it's, sealed, it's, you know. Vacuum sealed. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and the thing is with sous vide too is you get like, I use it like a Bain Marie too. So, like, I'll, I'll take two to a, a client's house or sometimes with, with my private client now, like when we do big events. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'll set one up at 130, 100, depending on what I'm doing. 140, and then I just put all my sauces in the thick soup delis, and I float them in there, and I just leave them, and that clears my whole entire space. That keeps my keeps my stove completely open, and you Green. don't burn your sauces, you oh, don't yeah. burn your purees. Like sous vide is amazing. Less you guys should do that. Well, we have a steam table, but of course, you know you get a chance, but and you know, yeah, and, but that and, fluctuates. Yeah, it does, and and so that we talk about this, like 
I want to make sure, like we do tomahawks. We got a two inch tomahawk we do and trying to keep that on a, trying to cook that in a flat top skillet or a cast iron is difficult. But what I, what we're doing now is we smoke it. We'll take it up to 122 degrees, which is just under yep. medium rare. Yep. Someone wants it rare. We just sear it on both sides and send, send it, it out. out or we can cook it up. And I like sous vide and we slowly brought it. I hate it. I, I did some sous vide and then I got away from sous vide. Typical Texan. You know, right. I can grill my stuff. I don't need to cook it in water. Well, then you start seeing the value of it. We do pork chops that way. Smoke them, yep. sous vide them, bring them up to 140. Yep. You know, and I think. Just it, in a busyness in a restaurant, it, it's a lifesaver. You it's know? a lifesaver. And, and it also, you have less, you have less uh, loss. Yeah, you know? for sure. You don't, you don't lose as much food that way because you just have more control of it. Well, also you, you shorten your time, your table time. Like if you're sous vide yeah, thing, you just pan yeah. sear it and send that's like the, I think. Although I like want a, to do fillet, more... a fillet tastes better just pan seared and roasted over sous vide. I, I I stop sous vide on my fillets. Yeah, just... I do all my. We do those all fresh. We salt pepper them. Yeah, we sear them. You know, three inch, three. Uh, they're two inches, so we sear them three minutes on each side. Roll the sides on them, then butter baste them, and send them out. So, what's the hardest part of owning this restaurant? Um, the employees. Really? Keep like keeping them staff, keeping the staff. You know, we're in a college town. So it's very transit, yeah. you know, you know, and you have the kids that come in, well, I'm going to school. This is not a real job. It's that mentality. Yeah. And so we do have, what I found out is I like to hire the, like Maya, she's great. She's hungry. She's, um, she's a Midwestern girl. She comes in, she's ready to work. We got Waverly who's, Waverly grew up there. Waverly's not in college, gifted athlete, um, has a young son. He comes in, um, and he's, he's a worker. He's, what, yeah. What's the hardest part for you? Of working in this restaurant? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a lot different because, I mean, I go to school Monday through Thursday, and uh, on I work Thursday nights. I work Friday and Saturday. It's just the hardest part I would probably say is just it's like you never stop, you know? It's just keep going, 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 going. Yeah, once it starts. And But I wouldn't necessarily say there's anything in particular that's hard for me. I mean. Would you say the boredom? I mean, maybe not being as creative. I wouldn't even say that because, you know, we have the freedom. To, we do we run it normally around five specials a week, and that changes weekly. And so there's never— you give a, everyone a special? You let out, you let, well, yeah, and, you know, and we were just having a conversation with another one of our guys, Line Cook. He goes, well, I got a family at home. I don't want to do it. Well, all right, step in and start doing it because I like change. You got to. You got to mix it up in, in, there's in, never the, a dull in the restaurants moment. because when, when, the, when the line cooks never get dull. bored doing the just the tedious same menu every day, every day, they—, they that's when you lose them. You well, it's gotta... not even I think that they're bored because it's always, I mean, when we do specials, I mean, it's not really like they go out of their way to learn it, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know, it's... you worked in the restaurant industry as a waiter, and, you know, and I used to be a professional back in the 80s and 90s, and, and then we didn't have the Internet type stuff, you know. So you, a, a chef told you special, you wrote it down, mm -hmm. and when you created a new menu, they gave you, you went home, you studied it. I used yeah. to joke about I'd make two copies, put one in the back of the toilet and put one next to the the swimming pool because you read anything out there and you learn, you know, and you learn how to, yeah. what I call practice, drill, and rehearse. And we can't even get them to write it on the board, even gravitate from it. And it's very frustrating. Yeah. And, you know, but the, the other part of it that's not, that's rewarding is having him and, and having Whitley. And we do have a lot of fun. And I want to tell you, our restaurant is run by women. My wife, um, Crystal behind the bar and Crystal and that she's a cowgirl, a horse person, very, a very, you know, she 
breaks horses and shows them. And so you have a girl that's dedicated, knows what hard work is. She comes in, she's prepared, she yeah. does it. And I've turned. I mean, look, genetically, I feel like women are more organized. So it's it's a smart move. I mean, in the last you know six years that I've been doing all these events, I most of the time my whole team's women, and they they rock. You can rel- it's more it's more organized. There's not the machismo. No, yeah, there's no competition. Yeah, like you're not trying to compete for anything, it, and it's just like I don't know. But that's yeah, that's good. That's probably yeah. why you're doing well. I'd love to do another restaurant. And let him have it. Yeah, you're like wow. And 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 then and I'm, I've had to learn to transgress from being a chef. Yeah, chef to a restaurant tour. Yeah, and that's a hard transition. Yeah, you know, turning power over first of all. And you know, and I have to entrust. I I left last night. Um, we you know I've had knee replacement what surgery. To your knee? I had a knee replacement. A knee replacement. Yeah. How'd it go? Yeah, it's not so good. No. He's half robot now. Well, you know, I've had a shoulder replacement. In this. Yeah. When I met you, you were. Yeah. Just out of surgery. How's how's your shoulder? It's all right. It's getting yeah. there. You know, sixty years old. I live with multiple sclerosis. Um, two time stroke survivor. So I've had to learn how to delegate. And release, you know, yeah. I'm, I've always been a guy that's take charge on the boss yeah. and, you know, and you releasing it. And, you know, and I had that conversation ironically last yesterday where I turned to both Whitley and Crystal and said, listen, it's time for y'all to run the restaurant and let me come in. My job now is to shake hands, kiss babies and count the money. Amen. That's what I want to do. Sounds <laughs> like a good way. Well, you know, I mean, I, you know, like the dichotomy of our kitchens, he cooks a certain way. I cook a certain way. Yeah. Whitley Kirk's way, and then Johnny does. And, you know, and, and to do, we brought a chef in, we gave him a test to say, hey, create me three specials. He goes, he wanted to do chicken wings, um, fettuccine Alfredo with Pass. chicken. And I go like, all right, he's out. Carabas is down the road. Yeah. I, I, listen, and being in Stephenville, we have to have that creative, a little bit different stuff, so it's nice. Yeah. Summertime lighter, a little bit heavier in the wintertime. Yeah. That's been the tough yeah, and piggybacking off that, he had this French chef named Chef Anthony Barr, and he was on Supermarket Steakout with him. And just cooking with that guy, besides Gordon and all the TV chefs, he's probably the most talented chef I've ever worked with. Wow. True. And the type of, just his skill level, I mean, he served yeah. in the French Army and went to culinary school in France. He was a model. He was yeah, a, he was a model. He's a How handsome did, fella. And you got this guy out there. I mean, he yeah, stayed he was with Chef for He just traveled. Five, he just took off. He, he built a van. He took an old Dodge van and redid the inside. And you look at this van, you're like, oh, man, this guy yeah, is this a, man, a kid This is a rolling meth lab. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then you look at saying, like, man, it's bad. And, you know, and he's at school. Like, I brought someone in the kitchen to show him. He he went off on me a little. He goes, all right. He went and sat down. I go, like, oh, oh. And, you know, when you bring a chef in that's that town, you know, he went through the old chef yeah, program. Yeah. And his dad was a chef. But what we learned from him was, you know, the creativity is. Oh yeah. You know, and he, and I didn't know. I go like, ah, oh, he's doing this. I don't know how it's going to sell. And next thing you know, people are gobbling it up. He's easy on the eyes too. You know, you can have him go out and talk to tables. And he he was the guy that wanted to be in the kitchen, on the line, cooking. And I go like, you know, all right, le- let him do what he does. Yeah. And that's where he taught me. Probably was the most to teach me and Whitley. You can't yell at him. You've got to. Lead by example, but get out of their way. Mm-hmm. And that's been tough. Yeah. Yeah, he was phenomenal. I learned a lot from him in the short period that I worked with him. Yeah. It was It was just, I mean, he he was on a couple other cooking shows too, but I don't necessarily think he's a TV chef, if that makes sense. He's not yes. the type of guy to want to do something in 45 minutes. Right. And so after college, 
Like, what's your what's your what's your goal with with all this food? You want to own a restaurant? I mean, I'm not saying no. I don't want to, and I really don't know my four year plan yet. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But after working in the industry, I like my weekends and holidays way too much to be a chef at a restaurant. <laughs> and not saying, not saying I couldn't. Like, do I don't want to miss football. <laughs> no, yeah, not saying I couldn't do it. But whether I enjoy that the rest of my life, I can't answer that. Yeah. And I could see myself growing to hate it, and I don't want to hate it. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to a bunch of losers with me, Derek Fox. Uh, please comment below. Uh, if you guys have questions for any of these guests, I'm sure they would love to answer and I'll answer as well. So let me know below. Also, you know what to do. Like, share, subscribe, and then also make sure you're following us on Instagram, a bunch of losers with Derek Fox. So you get the update on the new episodes. We will be launching them weekly. All right. Thanks losers. Action.